Welcome to the Path to Freedom podcast. I'm your host, Wes Barefoot, where it's my mission to help aspiring entrepreneurs and existing business owners take control of their lives and create freedom for themselves through business ownership. Each episode, I'll be exploring the strategies and tactics of other successful entrepreneurs that have created freedom in their own lives while sharing what I'm learning along my own path to freedom. I'm glad you're here. Let's drop in. Hey, what's up? Thanks for dropping in to another episode of the Path to Freedom podcast. This is episode 110. My guest is Shirley Kefchen, Director of Business Development for FranFund. FranFund is the premier provider of funding solutions for both prospective franchisor business owners as well as existing businesses. And this episode surely gives a great overview of some of the most common funding strategies that people are using to get into franchise businesses and how FranFund is in a position to help people navigate the funding process. Very similar to what I do as a franchise consultant, Shirley and her team at FranFund are consultative funding experts, helping people understand the funding options that would be available to them based on their current circumstances, as well as helping to educate them on the implication uh, or pros and cons of one funding strategy versus another. So a lot of really good information that Shirley shares. I've worked with FranFund for many years at this point, and they are my go-to, my most trusted uh, funding consultant firm that I work with. And um, I know a lot of the people that I that I speak with about franchise ownership, some of the first questions that they have are, you know, what types of funding strategies are available? You know, how do people go about getting the capital that they need to launch a new franchise business? Um, so I think this episode will shed a lot of light on, on, you know, what are some of the options that could be available to you if you're, you know, interested in the possibility of owning a franchise business. The other thing that I picked Shirley's brain on in this episode is, you know, the current lending landscape. Um, as we sit here in early 2023, uh, you hear a lot of terms these days are about recessions and inflation and interest rates going up. So, you know, Shirley shares her perspective on, you know, what that means for people that may be considering getting into a franchise business at this point in time and what impact, if any, that has on their ability to get funding. Uh, quick little spoiler, it's not as scary as it may initially sound. So without further ado, let's go ahead and drop in with my good friend, Shirley Kefchen of FranFund. Um, Shirley, how you doing? I am awesome. How's your day going, friendo? It's going amazing. It's always good to see you and talk to you. Um, you're one of those people that when when I see you, I can't help but to smile because you bring that that positive energy everywhere you go. So um, couldn't think of a better way to to kick a Friday morning off than having a conversation with you. Well, I am excited and honored to be here, and we'll try to you know. Uh, put some fun in funding today, if you will, and keep it. everybody awake here. I love it. Yeah. Well, look, it is a fun topic, right? Because so many people, uh, I think one of the things that kind of keeps them from, you know, even really taking any steps to explore how they could get into business for themselves, whether it's a franchise or not, it's it's the funding piece, right? It's it's how do they secure the the capital that they need to really get the business off to a strong start. And I'm sure you're more familiar with some of the statistics than I am. But you know, one of the most common reasons businesses fell is because they're undercapitalized. So um, you work for FranFund. Uh, FranFund is a the, the way I describe it, I'll, I'll pass it to you here in just a second to more eloquently uh, tell the audience what FranFund specializes in, but you guys are funding consultants, basically, and, and you do kind of specialize in funding specifically for franchise businesses. So, um, but, but give the, the, you know, more eloquent 30,000 foot <laughs> overview of what FranFund does. Yeah, no, I mean, you're right on there. FranFund really exists to 
bridge the gap between aspiring business owners and the capital that they need to make that dream a reality. That so, was way more eloquent. I mean, I may have said that a couple of times. <laughs> Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> but, you know, we're not a bank, right? We're not a direct lending institution. So we're not lending money, but you're right that we're helping people go get small business loans from banks. And we know which banks to go to and who's working with startups and who likes what models, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, there are some other programs that we facilitate as well that I'm sure we'll, you know, touch on here. But really, initially, our goal is to help folks understand what does the menu even look like? What could they consider to get access to the capital they need? And then, you know, as folks get closer to figuring out which franchise or business model is the right one, we can really narrow down on the best path for getting there. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I love getting people that I'm working with over to you and your team fairly early in the process, because, you know, like you said, for, for most people, there's probably at least a couple of different options that they could consider when it comes to funding. And it doesn't always have to be just one option that they decide on. You know, in some cases, there's a combination of uh, funding strategies that FranFund can help someone combine to get the capital that they need. And, you know, the way I kind of explain it to the people I work with is like, look, you know, have a conversation with FranFund. They're very consultative. They are experts, you know, in this, and they're just going to be able to help you understand what your options are, help you understand the implications of those options if you have questions. Um, and it's kind of like, you know, going and getting pre-approved for a mortgage in some cases, you know, before you start spending the whole weekend going to open houses, um, you know, so it's, it's best to kind of know, uh, you know, what options are there for you. You know, when I work with folks, I can usually get a pretty good sense of like what type of investment range we should be looking at, you know, even maybe before they they talk to you. But it always helps me as a franchise consultant make better recommendations the the earlier they engage with with FranFund and just, you know, really understand what their funding options could be. And, you know, we never take for granted that folks are making really big decisions based yeah. on the feedback that we're providing. And yeah. so it's super important to us that we are giving good data yeah. and, you know, the right information and uh, just enabling folks to make the best decision that they can moving forward. Yeah. And it's, it's you know, what you guys do is so similar to what I do as a franchise consultant, because, you know, what's the right franchise for one person doesn't mean it's going to be the right franchise for the next person. Same thing with funding strategies, right? What makes a lot of sense for one person may not be a good option or may not be a viable option at all for the next person. So you guys take a very consultative approach to, you know, getting to know the people that you're working with. You know, you have to kind of understand their their financial situation, right? So they do have to provide, you know, some information and and I guess to an extent early in the process you're relying on them to provide accurate information, right? Which is in their best interest because if they're not, you know, giving you accurate information or the full picture, um then, you know, you're going to be limited in, in the recommendations that you can make. No, you're right. And I say a lot, you know, listen, we're, we're I'm going to trust you really early, right? Yeah. And I need you to understand that the feedback I provide to you can only be as accurate as the data that you give me, right? Yeah. So we've got to work together to make sure that this is all going well. Yeah, 100%. So, you know, with that, Kind of give us a, a overview of what are some of the more common funding strategies that people are leveraging to get into franchise businesses, and what are some of the, you know, I guess core options that FranFund is in a position to to help people with. Yeah. So from sort of an overview perspective in terms of what's out there and what folks even consider today, um, you know, a we have traditional small business loans. And today, when we talk about small business loans, we're pretty exclusively talking about SBA loans specifically. Right. Because with an SBA loan, the government is giving whatever bank writes that business loan an extra guarantee that if things didn't go as well as planned and if there was an unlikely default, mm -hmm. you know, the government's going to come back and reimburse that bank for up to 75%. So banks have just become pretty dependent on those specific loans today. But 
Maybe the business has a need for vehicles with bolted on equipment, right? That sort of thing. So there are also fleet funding, commercial leasing strategies available. Um, there's a really popular and oftentimes unknown program until folks kind of start this exploration process, but it's a strategy that's called the rollover for business startup, or you'll hear the acronym ROBS, R-O-B-S with this program. You know, the one time ever the IRS gets creative with a name and that's what we end up with. <laughs> but what that program lets you do is access money that's in a 401k from an old job or an IRA maybe that you've rolled money into. Lots of different account types qualify. Yeah. But essentially without income taxes, without early withdrawal penalties, you can say, instead of having $100,000 of my retirement money invested in Sony and Best Buy stock, I'm going to invest $100,000 of my retirement money in Shirley's new franchise, right? Whatever that may be. Yeah. Um, I would say those are probably the most common business specific options right now, but maybe a home equity line of credit is a strategy mm -hmm. that's worth considering, right? Yeah. Um, Sometimes, depending on the size of a non-retirement investment portfolio, there might be an opportunity for a line of credit against some stocks, bonds, mutual funds, right? Those kinds of investments. So there are definitely different ideas that are out there, some on the business side, some on the personal side. But to your point earlier, there are lots of situations where we're combining a couple of these different strategies together to, you know, really get to that total amount of capital that makes sense. Yeah. And, and that can make a lot of sense for for people because you know as i work with people some some people are much more adverse to taking on debt right so if they do have the ability to roll funds from retirement into a business um and and do nothing other than that and and have the capital that they need um that's a really good option in their eyes because it it avoids them having to take on any debt other people you know, the thought of touching retirement funds, even if it's not, you know, pulling that money out, taking the penalties that would typically go with that and, you know, blowing it on a, a new car or something, you know, that's not going to be an asset, really. Um, some people just, you know, they don't want to touch retirement funds, even if it's it's a reinvestment of those funds. So, um, you know, this is where that really consultative approach that Fran Fund, uh, in my opinion, really excels in because there's other companies out there that that offer, you know, kind of the same services that Fran Fund does. But, you know, I've really kind of shifted, you know, sending all the people that I work with to you guys because I appreciate, you know, the consultative approach that you take and um, you know, really digging in with people and making those customized recommendations based on what you're learning about them. But yeah, there's a lot of instances where, you know, combining a couple of these different options makes sense. You know, if if someone can pull a portion of their retirement funds and, and roll it over, um, but they want to leave, you know, a nice chunk of it there. And then they can still do some sort of an SBA loan, but it reduces the amount of the loan that they need. That can be a really, really good option for people. You know, you mentioned the the you know line of credit against the stock portfolio. I've I've over the last couple of years, I've had numerous people leverage that option, um, but I don't hear it talked about often. Why Why do you think that is? So we talk about it because. You know, my team of funding consultants here at Fran Fund, our sort of general MO is we don't have a preference in terms of what funding solution someone provides, right? If, or someone selects, I should say, if they select a funding solution that we provide, we would like to help with it, right? We want to be the option there. Sure. But I think that because we just start out really with the goal of understanding what could they do, right? And what options should we bubble up to the surface that they may not be aware of? We do end up talking about these. Um, and, you know, we don't, this is not a program we facilitate in-house. So ultimately what we suggest to folks is working with the, you know, Merrill Lynch or Vanguard or whatever firm that account might be sitting with today. And they will ultimately have a formula. They might look slightly different from firm to firm, but they'll sort of have a formula that will determine 
based on how your assets are invested, right? Stocks, bonds, mutual funds, that sort of thing, exactly how much of a line of credit they'd be willing to write. Right. Um, so, you know, some... they will jump. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I was, was going to say, usually it's some percentage of the, the account value. And it's even like, you know, 70% on bonds, 50% on stocks. They'll, they'll right. kind of weight things that way too. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I know you guys talk about it. Um, I just outside of, outside of, you know, Fran fund, I don't, I don't hear many other franchise consultants talk about it. Um, but you know, in some cases it can be a, a really good option, but it all depends on, you know, what, how they have their money invested in, in the amount, because I think from what I've seen, there are kind of some minimum account values that are needed to even, you know, qualify for that. But, um, you know, I want to talk a little bit about SBA and you kind of mm -hmm. alluded to this earlier. Um, but so you guys are not a bank. Fran fund is not a bank. So how are you able to help facilitate the SBA process and, and where does that kind of start with someone? Yeah. So in the beginning of time, if we have an initial conversation and determine that an SBA loan could be a viable option and assuming that it's on the list of consideration, right, that we're not talking with someone who hates debt. Yeah. Um, well, what we would do at that point is we would move forward into a pre-approval process. There's no cost with pre-approval. There's no hard credit inquiry either, because yes. since we're not a bank, we can do a soft inquiry. You know, we're not making a final credit decision. So it doesn't show up as a hard inquiry. Um, but we ask for a lot of financial information, right? Probably yeah. similar to what you would ask for or be asked for if you're filling out a mortgage application. Yep. And then once that questionnaire is submitted, we have a team of folks at Fran Fund. We call them lending specialists, but they each come to us with underwriting experience at the bank level. So they're not coming to Fran Fund and learning about how SBA loans work, right? They already think banker. And we help them speak plain English so that, uh, <laughs> you know, we're, we're getting really accurate assessments up front for these pre-approvals. That has ultimately led to my team having about a 99% success rate in terms of obtaining these SBA loans for folks that we provide that pre-approval letter to. So let's say we get past pre-approval. We've picked a franchise, right? We've said, yes, we're moving forward. The loan consultation service that we provide really starts with my team providing the templates for the business plan, the budget, the projections. We worked with banks to develop these templates. So yeah. we're really focused on exactly what they need to see. And then we're networked with multiple banks that are comfortable with startups. They're comfortable with emerging brands. They don't require that someone has industry-specific experience. And ultimately, my team helps our clients to review any term sheets or offer letters that the banks provide. Um, you know, the client, right? The new franchisee would pick the bank they want to move forward with. That's up to them. Yeah. We're really walking through the underwriting and closing process with them so that, you know, when the bank asks for the same document for the third time, we can help remind them that they have it. <laughs> That's just trying to make it as efficient as possible. Yeah. I, I won't. I want the listeners to really understand, you know, how valuable all of that is that that you just described, right? Compared to, you know, the alternative, right? Because I, I, you know, work with some people and, you know, kind of start explaining the services that a company like Fran Fund can offer. And, you know, every now and then I get I get responses along the lines of, well, look, I've I've got a local bank and I've worked with them for 30 years and I've got a great relationship. So if I need to do a loan, I'm just going to go work with them. And, you know, that could pan out. Sure. But, you know, a couple of things. One, the pre-approval. Right. And, and a 99 percent accuracy rate on that is is huge. And, you know, as you said, you can do that. There's no charge for that. There's no obligation, right? Just because they get a pre-approval doesn't mean they have to go on and actually, you know, get a loan, but it it helps them understand exactly, you know, kind of what their ceiling is, which again is going to help us really dial in on the right types of franchise businesses for them. Um, and then there's the relationships with the banks, right? And And this is something I'd love to have you speak a little bit on because I think, you know, maybe maybe some people don't realize how important that is, but not any old bank out there is going to be comfortable 
doing an SBA loan for a franchise or a, you know, what could be looked at as a startup business, especially you mentioned this. Uh, a lot of people getting into franchises or getting into a business where they may not have previous experience in that industry. So talk to me a little bit more about, you know, why that is so important and and why these relationships with the networks of banks that you have is so critical. Yeah. So nationwide, the approval rate for SBA loans is a little less than 38%. Oh, wow. And it's not because, you know, 62% of people who apply for these loans are unqualified. <laughs> That's not what's happening. Yeah. It's really getting to the right institution and the right person within the right branch of the right institution. Mm. So you may find that one branch of a bank does a lot of startup lending, another branch of a bank doesn't. And how how do you know which one to go to if you don't have this kind of experience, right? And these relationships already developed. And I think part of what's interesting about all this is not every bank in our network started out being super comfortable with emerging brands. Not every bank in our network started out being super comfortable with folks that didn't have industry-specific experience. But I think part of the value of our focus on franchising is that we were able to provide education and help them understand the value behind the franchisor, right? And the support and training and systems and knowledge and all those things that this borrower who may not be coming from this industry is stepping into right on day one. Um, And, you know, if a Fran fund or another company like that has not been able to provide that kind of level of education, it can really feel like beating your head against a wall. You will get a surprising no, right? People that have never heard no in their lives to get an SBA loan will get that no for the first time when they walk into that local bank that they've had the relationship with for 30 years. And that does not feel nice. Well, it doesn't feel nice, but it can also really, you know, disrupt any momentum that someone's got, you know, if they have gotten to the point where, you know, they've narrowed in on a specific franchise that they're excited about. If, you know, the, if they, if they're thinking, Hey, I'm going to, you know, this loan's going to be no problem for me to get, you know, I play golf once a month with my banker, um, you know, whatever the case is, but then they get told no. And especially if they don't have a plan B, I mean, a lot of the brands that we work with, you know, territory can go pretty fast. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and, if the territory goes, then, you know, you're kind of either left to take territory that's less attractive or, you know, shift things up and, and look at other franchise opportunities. If the one that, that you were really interested in is no longer available. So um, yeah, that's, that's really important. I mean, I've seen firsthand, you know, with, with folks that I've referred to Fran fund that, you know, we're going through the SBA process and, you know, there was a hiccup along the way, you know, on their side, right? I remember a specific example where uh, I was a younger guy I was working with and, you know, we were like a week out from closing on the loan and the guy went out and bought a new car. Um, <laughs> and the and the dealership, you know, like ran his credit like three times or whatever. And and so the bank came back and was like, hey, your your credit scores dropped, so we can't close on the loan. And, you know, ultimately it was able to get done and extended the process by, you know, at least a month. But I don't think it would have gotten done at all had it not been for the relationships that Fran Fund had with this bank uh, able to kind of, you know, usher it through, even though it, it did take longer. So, you know, this is this is important. And, you know, you've kind of mentioned this already, but I want to reiterate, you know, we work with a lot of different types of franchises, right? We work with some mature brands that have a long track record and have a lot of data. We work with emerging concepts that are really just getting started, where in some instances, literally someone could be applying for an SBA loan and they would be, you know, the first franchisee for this brand or within the first five franchisees for this brand. So, you know, you guys have a really good understanding of, what banks are going to be willing to consider uh, writing loans for different types of franchises. Um, So that's really, really important as well. Yeah, we've, it's, it's really fun because we've been able to help the first franchisee of many different franchise brands get that loan, you know, so that has definitely been fun. Well, the story I just told about, you know, the, the guy that, 
bought the car a week from closing, they would have been the first franchisee for that brand. But because the loan ended up taking longer, I think they ended up being the second franchisee for that brand. Not too <laughs> so, bad. Not too bad. You know, still <laughs> still in the first five and, and they're doing well today. They've got a good business. I, I stay in touch with them. But anyways, so so that's all, you know, really important. And I wanted to make sure people, you know, kind of understood that. Um, and then the other thing I'll, I'll highlight there on the SBA side is I think a lot of people underestimate how much work has to be done once they're approved for the loan to actually get the loan closed. I mean, uh-huh. the the business models that the banks need to see, um, just the the information, like it can feel like a full-time job for people, uh, you know, there for a while as they're trying to get everything to the bank that's needed. Uh, but you guys have a really, really smooth process of holding people's hand through that, you know, not that there's not work that the the borrower has to do, but, you know, you guys have it down to a, a science really in terms of, you know, what order to do things in. You've got very detailed timelines that that everyone's working towards. So, you know, that's that's a huge benefit as well. Um, I, I've seen people, again, think that, you know, oh, this will be no problem. I've done loans before, so I'll just handle it myself. And you know, not that it can't be done, but I, I sure as hell wouldn't, wouldn't want to sign up to try to <laughs> navigate it all by myself, you know? Well, and that's why I'm like, this is not going to be fun. I will never lie to you. This will not yeah. be fun, but yeah. we will try to remove as much of the pain as we can, you know? Yeah. Yeah. When you guys do a really good job of that. If you're listening to this podcast, then there's a good chance that you're looking to create more freedom in your own life. There's also a good chance that you realize that owning your own business can be a great way to take more control of your livelihood and create more of that freedom that we're all looking for. Also, if you've been listening to the show for a while, you realize that I specialize in franchise ownership. In addition to owning franchise businesses myself, I have a franchise consulting firm, Path to Freedom, where I help people navigate what is typically an overwhelming process of understanding franchising, identifying specific franchise companies that could be a fit, and then conducting the due diligence in a thorough and efficient manner with those franchise brands. My whole purpose here is to leverage my experience working for franchisors, owning franchises myself, and how we've been able to use that to create more freedom in our lives and help you determine if that could be a path that makes sense for you as well. So if any of this sounds interesting, if you've considered business ownership in the past, whether you've explored franchising specifically or not, I'd love to connect with you. I'd love to learn more about you and what it is that you're working towards in your life and determine if I may be in a position to help. A great starting point is the link below in the show notes, which will take you to a short form to fill out and you'll receive a free copy of an ebook that I've put together, The Seven Steps to Freedom Through Franchise Ownership. That'll also get us connected and I'd love to set up an introductory call where I can explain a little bit more about the process that I use to help people determine if franchise ownership could be a great way to start charting their own path to freedom. So click the link below in the show notes, receive the ebook, and let's get connected. I'd love to hear from you. Can you talk just a little bit more about the the ROBS program, the, the rollover? Because like you mentioned earlier, this is not something that a lot of people are familiar with or even know, you know is a potential option for them. Yeah. And, you know, it really takes a big shift in the way that we have all been trained to think about retirement dollars and to think about retirement savings. Right. So you're not borrowing money from or against your retirement account. To us's point earlier, you're not pulling this money out of your account and heading to the Bahamas for a couple of weeks where you have no opportunity to recover it. Right. It's not right. that scenario. Um, but just kind of for an overview of the way that it works. We create a corporation, a C corporation, and that becomes the operating entity for the new business. We then create a new 401k plan, same sort of 401k plan that most folks are used to, right? That they've had from other jobs before. It's just that now your corporation, your business is the employer providing this 401k. So the franchisee then, you know, the client that we're working with 
as a W-2 employee of this company, they can participate in the 401k that their new employer is providing. So we're rolling money over from an old 401k or maybe an IRA that we have those funds in now. And we're just rolling it into the new 401k that we've set up, right? So retirement account to retirement account, there's no taxable event happening there. Right. And this new 401k will be sitting at Fidelity or it will be sitting at Charles Schwab. Like it'll be with a a well-known wealth management firm. It's just that rather than using their traditional options and putting this money right back out on the market, we're going to use this money to buy stock in a privately held company, the C corporation, that's the operating entity for the new franchise. Uh, And, you know, you might have to listen to that a couple of (laughs) times for it to really make sense, right? What we're doing there. But ultimately when you kind of bring it up to that 20,000 foot view, We're diversifying retirement assets. We're taking money out of low stock. We're putting it into stock in Shirley's new franchise because I've done my homework, right? I've done my due diligence and I've determined that if I take some of my retirement money out of the market and instead invest it into my business over the same period of time, I believe that I will garner a return that's just as good as, if not better than what the market would have done. You know, it's that sort of scenario. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, the way I look at it is, you know, if you've got a franchise that you're confident in, and and to your point, you know, if anyone's acting on, on the ROBS program, like they need to have done their due diligence and they need to have a very good understanding of, you know, what the potential of a franchise is and and what's really going to be required on their part to be successful and get the type of results that's going to make it worth them, you know, taking their money out of the the market and, and traditional investments where they don't really have any control over what's happening to it. And they're investing in a business that they're starting where they are going to have more control over what happens to that investment. Um, And then, you know, I see a lot of people once they've got the business up and running and generating, you know, some some income from it, they just start replenishing, you know, the the retirement account that they um, not necessarily the same account, but they just start reinvesting in their retirement. And I mean, I've seen people get back to where they they were pretty darn quickly. Um, And they have the investment in their business still. Right. Exactly. It's a real 401k. So you do have the ability to continue to make those traditional contributions while you have a chunk of your money invested in your own business. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really, it's a really smart program and, you know, it's been around for, for a long time. Um, And I've seen hundreds, if not thousands of people at this point, you know, leverage this as at least a portion of their funding strategy. But it's it's not something that most people are aware is even an option. So, um, and, yeah. and you guys really facilitate all of this because you gave a really good overview. But I know it's there. There's more complexity to it than you know what what you even kind of went into just now. And so, um, again, in my eyes, so much value in having you know Fran Fund handle everything kind of behind the scenes that needs to happen for it to go smoothly and for it to legitimately not trigger any taxable events or, um, you know, anything like that. So um, talk talk for just a minute about kind of your fee structure, because I know that's a question that people probably have as they're listening. Uh, people ask me about it when I start talking to them about Fran Fund. So, you know, you guys are obviously a business, right? You're not a bank. We've established that, but you are a business. So you do need to generate revenue. So what does that kind of look like for the clients that you work with? Yeah. So on the SBA loan side of things, when we're helping folks to get those loans, the loan consultation service that we provide has a cost of $2,500. And it's just a flat fee, regardless of you know how much folks end up borrowing. Even though we do have our 99% success rate, if we are not able to obtain the loan and assuming the information we received in pre-approval was accurate, right? Let me throw that out there. (laughs) That is key. We we would provide a refund of $2,000 from that fee. And I say that just to point out, we're not out there collecting $2,500 from anyone that will give it to us, right? It has to be a good fit. And we have to be confident that we can really help to make that relationship work. 
Um, on the other side of the coin, with the rollover strategy with retirement funds, the ROBS program, the setup fee there is $4,795. Nice round number for you. Um, <laughs> that does include the state filing fee for the C-Corp. We'd be getting that set up as part of the process. And we do provide a discount to our veteran clients as, you know, sort of a thank you for their service as well. Sure. Um, it's a government regulated program. So to your point earlier, you want someone holding your hand on an ongoing basis, right? And keeping you in compliance with the IRS, keeping you in compliance with the Department of Labor. So we do provide an ongoing third-party administration service, and it has a cost of $145 per month. It's a business expense, right? It's not coming you know, out of your pocket. But ultimately, this is what is maintaining that 401k plan that you and your eligible employees can make those traditional contributions to. And while there are obviously boxes we have to check off so that you are in compliance, we really view ourselves as part of the professional team, right? Yeah. So when you have that problem someday of like, things are going well, where do we put all this money? Let's get on the phone with you and your CPA. You know, it's it's really a, a long-term relationship there. Yeah, I love that that piece of it because yeah, it's gotta be, it's gotta be maintained, right? Otherwise, you know, I imagine it would be fairly easy to fall out of compliance. You know, if someone that knows what they're doing is not not kind of watching it and providing oversight. But, you know, I love that you guys are able to get strategic, um, you know, long term with your clients, you know, which brings me to one other thing I'd love to have you speak to a little bit. You know, you guys have funding options available for existing business owners or franchise owners that you know, need additional capital in order to keep growing the business. So what does that kind of look like? So SBA loans are certainly an option there for expansion. You know, maybe we're moving into a new territory. Maybe we have a brick and mortar business and we're ready to open the second location. Um, sometimes expansion equals another vehicle mm -hmm. or another trailer with built on equipment. And, yep. you know, that could be a really good opportunity for more of a commercial fleet funding strategy. Yeah where you know we don't necessarily need the full SBA loan with all of its money for marketing and advertising and computers right but uh you know we can really kind of focus on how the business needs to grow will often determine what the growth strategy looks like and how we might be able to make it happen yeah yeah no cuz that's it's necessary i mean one of the brands we own you're familiar with it koala insulation um you know, it's it's a fairly capital intensive business to to keep growing it. You know, we're at a point where, you know, probably by the end of Q1 this year, we're going to be investing in another truck and another trailer. And um, that's, you know, that's a 70 to $80,000 investment. Easy, you know, if, that, if not closer to 100. That specific example is a really good opportunity for that fleet funding strategy. Yeah. And, you know, with the fleet funding strategy, the documentation that we need to provide is a little bit less robust than what you'll find with a traditional SBA loan, right? So for you in growth mode, it's a little bit easier, a little bit less paperwork. You know, it's a quicker program. SBA loans are somewhere in the neighborhood of 60 to 90 days. Fleet funding is probably more like 30, 45, sometimes quicker, sometimes not, right? But um you know, I think that that just illustrates the point that based on how growth needs to happen for your business, we can find the right solution. Yeah. Yeah. Very comprehensive. And as I've mentioned, you know, very consultative. So um, the other thing I want to pick your brain on while I've got you, right, we're recording this in, I don't know, what's the date, the 26th or the 27th, late January, 2023, right? Um we're hearing a lot about recession. We're, you know, obviously hearing a lot about interest rates. And, uh, you know, it sounds like most people that, that are kind of in the know think interest rates will go up at least a couple more times before they start to flatten out. So, you know, from, from your perspective in your world of franchise funding, you know, what does the current, you know, kind of economic climate um, what what types of impact is that having on people's ability to get funding, people's interest in, you know, looking at business opportunities for themselves? Like just, you know, what are you seeing out there and, and 
what, if anything, is different, you know, than than maybe this time a year ago? Yeah. I mean, if I start with kind of just general activity and action too, right? Like not just people looking or thinking about it, but people truly moving forward. You know, at Fram Fund, we're coming off of a record 2022, which was on the heels of a record 2021. Yeah. So we are not seeing things slowing down from that perspective. And I think that it's really interesting, right? Because regardless of what the talking heads say and regardless of the news out there and what folks are reading and hearing, I think that the confidence of, uh, you know, folks who are ready to fire corporate America is really still very strong. Yeah. Um, From kind of a lender perspective, right? Based on what we're hearing from the banks out there, we're not seeing a big squeeze in terms of, hey, we want people to have three times as much liquidity as they needed to have six months ago. Or, hey, I will only look at a 750 credit score when I was looking at 680 a few months ago. Right. Yeah. So we're we're not seeing any of that. Now, at the same time, we're not seeing banks come in and say, hey, give me a 5% cash injection instead of 20%. Yeah. Right. So we're not seeing a big loosening of these requirements either. Um, but, but the they're fact not, that they're we're not, not tightening, tightening is yeah. exactly that's encouraging for sure. Yeah, because I look, I remember, you know, this was, I guess, sometime throughout 2020 and, and into 2021, banks really did tighten down because of the pandemic. And, you know, they weren't writing loans for, you know, food service businesses the way they were pre-pandemic. They were in some cases looking for more relevant industry experience. And, you know, I'm sure even some of the, uh, you know, financial requirements to qualify were were a little bit steeper than they had been. So um, it is encouraging, you know, to, to see that you're not seeing that from from the banks. Um, and the fact that Fran Fund is coming off of a record year, uh, which franchise the the consulting network that I'm a part of is as well, which you know what that indicates is simply that more and more people are looking at franchising as a viable vehicle to um, you know reach whatever goals that is. That could be diversifying, you know, and and keeping their their corporate job. That could be an existing business owner looking to you know add another business. And that could be someone looking to fire corporate America and, and transition into business ownership full time. So, you know, the interest is there. People are taking action. Um, can you talk a little bit about interest rates on SBA loans and, and how that works? Because I know that's a concern that people have with interest rates being higher right now. Yeah. So I just celebrated my 10 year anniversary here at Fran Fund a couple weeks ago. Congratulations. And thank you. Uh, during that whole time, banks have used the same prime plus 2.75 equation for interest rates. So there has not been like a big shift or a big reaction to COVID or reaction to what the Fed is doing with the prime rate, right? Prime plus 2.75 has been pretty standard for a long time. Um, if we were talking January, February 2020, right, pre-COVID, let's say, prime plus 2.75 would have taken us to 8.5%. Okay. In this moment, prime plus 2.75 takes us to 10.25. Okay. So we are higher than where we have been, but but ultimately not wildly higher than where we've been in recent years, right? We have to kind of forget the rest of 2020 from an interest perspective, because it's not realistic to base any sort of expectation on what we were getting that. Yeah, no doubt. It, it was so low. Um, and chances of us going back there anytime soon, I, I would imagine, are, are pretty slim. And and because on SBA loans the rates are tied to prime, they're they're not locked in for the duration of the loan for someone. So even if they, am I correct on that? Yeah, they're variable rate loans and yeah. they're ten year terms. So they'll adjust quarterly whenever the prime rate changes, which means you've got forty quarters for that rate to change. Right. We might not love it today, but this is not a forever rate, you know. Yeah. And I think. The other thing that really, really puts it into context is just doing the math. Because here's the deal. I don't want to pay more in interest today than I did two months ago, right? Sure. I get that. Nobody does. But if we're talking about a $200,000 loan, just sort of for an example, 
Yeah. If the interest rate goes up by a full point, let's say, as a result of whatever increases come next, we're talking about a difference in the monthly payment of roughly $100, a little over $100 a month. And yeah. no, that's not fun. However, if that's detrimental to the business, we have bigger problems going on, right? There's it. So I think it's just important to give it that sort of context. Yeah, 100 percent, because you you hear, you know, a two two percent increase in interest rates. And, you know, that that sounds pretty scary. And and to your point, none of us want to pay more uh, you know, in the future than we are today. But, you know, what else in life doesn't work like that? You know, I mean, look at inflation and go to the grocery store. Like you're, you're paying a lot more than 2% for whatever you pick up at the grocery store today than you were, um, you know, this time a year ago. So yeah, in the grand scheme of things and, and, you know, most of the brands that, that I work with and, and I know Fran Fund works with, you know, we're not talking like multi-million dollar investments, you know, they're out there, but, you know, we're, I mean, for me, at least most of the, the vast majority of the franchises that I work with are, you know, certainly sub seven figure all in investment. Um, and a lot of them, you know, under the, the five or $600,000 mark. Yeah, so absolutely. Um, absolutely. And, you know, I've not had someone get all the way to the finish line and then say, no, I'm sorry, I can't because of these interest rates, I just can't tolerate them. So yeah. I guess my advice to anyone who's worried about interest or, you know, gets a little pit in their stomach when they think about it, just give yourself a little bit of time to go through the numbers and it may not be, you know, quite as negative as you think. Well, and to your point, if if a hundred or even a couple hundred dollars a month in, in increased loan payments are going to break the business, like you know, may, may not be the best, uh, best opportunity in the first place. (laughs) (laughs) Um, well, cool. I I wanted to kind of get your take on that because I do know it's, it's top of mind, especially for people that are, you know, watching the news and hanging out on social media a lot, because, um, you know, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of fear being pushed around out there with, with terms like recession and inflation and interest rates and all of that. So, um, Anything else that you think would be, you know, kind of worth sharing before I let you go? You know, I think that ultimately to your point in the very beginning, just being open to understanding what could be out there may give you more opportunities than you even realized you had. And that business you thought might be out of reach really might not be, you know, if you take the time to sort of have the conversation. And even if it is out of reach today, it doesn't have to be forever, right? We can build that strategy to make it a reality. So I just think being open and, you know, giving yourself the opportunity to gather the data is really important. Yeah, hundred percent. It starts with education, right? I mean, I tell everyone that I speak with, uh, cause uh, you know, a lot of the people I talk to initially, it's very exploratory for them, right? You know, they, they have certainly not made up their mind that owning a franchise is the direction they're going to go in. Um, you know, so I look at my role as, as very educational, especially in the beginning. And, and I tell people all the time, I'm like, look, there's, there's three outcomes that we're going to have either, you know, you find a great franchise business in the near future and, you know, get that started. Or, you know, you learn enough about franchising to know, hey, this is something that I could really see myself doing, but I don't think the time is right just now. And, and you know, maybe funding is is a component of that, but at least now you know. And if they've gone through some of these initial steps with Fran Fund, they're going to know what they're qualified for today. They're also going to have a better sense of what they need to do to be able to get, uh, you know, qualified for the funding that they may need, you know, for the type of business they want to get into. So to Uh your point, you can kind of build a plan and start working that plan to get there. And the other option is they learn enough about franchising to realize, Hey, I don't think this is a fit for me. And at least you took the time to, to explore it and figure that out. And now you're not, you know, kind of wondering or have that thought in the back of your mind, like, you know, maybe, maybe I should look at franchising. So it's it's just kind of investing some time to better educate yourself and and really understand what options are out there. But to your point, in in my experience, I would say, I would say most people that I've you know connected with Fran Fund or, or other funding companies over the years 
are are pleasantly surprised to realize that there's more options available to them than they had initially thought. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, again, our, our goal is to always get that out there, understand what does the menu look like? Now you can figure out what do you want to do with that menu? What do you want to order? Right. Yeah. Well, I'll give you a real quick plug because um, I, I have, you know, shifted all of my, you know, candidates that I work with, um, I refer them to Fran Fund. And there's other options out there that I could refer them to. But, you know, not only are you guys experts, but I, I really appreciate your approach, right? It is very consultative. You know, I, I've had experiences with other funding companies where, I mean, you kind of laid out the fee structure, right? I mean, there are some options that Fran Fund is going to make more money on than than other options, right? Um mm -hmm. I really appreciate that you guys, you know, work really hard to help people understand their options, answer questions that they may have about it. And then you kind of just back off until they have a better idea of, you know, what direction they think they want to go in. You're not, you know, pushing people in one direction over another. You said this at the top of the podcast that, you know, you don't, you don't try to encourage people to do one thing over another. It's all about what's going to be the best fit for them. So I really appreciate that. I know the the candidates that I refer to you appreciate that. It's how I try to, you know, conduct my consulting business as well. So um, that's, that's kind of my, my uh, quick plug for you there, but really appreciate you making time to come here on the podcast and, um, you know, talk a little bit about funding and, and all the services that Fran Fund offers. Uh, where can people connect with you? Where can people learn more about Fran Fund if they're interested? Yes. So we can go to franfund.com, like franchise funding. There's a lot of information there. Um, I am on LinkedIn, Shirley Kefchen. I think I'm the only one in the world. So it may not be too difficult to find me there. Um, Wes has my info as well, right? So reach out to him if you are interested in understanding what your option could look like. And he can definitely get us connected. Yeah. We'll post a link to the website in the show notes. And I find it hard to believe you're the only Shirley Kefchen. And there's other West Barefoots out there. I, I find it hard to believe you're the only Shirley Kefchen. I mean, my grandma was the other one, but she's no uh, longer on the earth. So I'm 99% sure I'm the only one. I'm very unique. You are very unique um, <laughs> in all the right ways. Um, <laughs> Shirley, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate you. And um, thanks so much for dropping thank in here. Thank you for having me. It was fun. You're absolutely welcome. That's a wrap. Thanks for joining me today and be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you'll know when a new episode is released. You can also check me out on my website at www.path2.com frdm.com. And if you want more information about franchising or just want to say hello, feel free to contact me at Wes at path, the number two frdm.com. Thanks again. Now go drop in.